Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. We praise you, we worship you, we give you glory. Such an awesome God. Father, we want to be still in your presence this morning. Speak to our hearts. Truly, Lord, stir us up. Your word says, Lord, perfect love casts out all fear. And therefore this morning, teach us to love. Anoint us afresh. Show us your ways, teach us your paths. Sanctify us and set us apart for by your truth. Thank you, Father. Just look up to you, O Lord, this morning. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Perfect love casts out all fear. So this morning, uh, we've been on a series called On Teaching. Teaching everything spiritual uh, has to be taught. And because we are not uh, begotten of God in the sense like Jesus was begotten of God, we are adapted by God. <laughs> okay, adopted, rather, not adapted, adopted by God. So every adopted child has to be taught the love of the Father. Um, I learned, I mean, I heard a story of this uh, orphan who was adopted by a family. And the orf- and the family had an elder brother who was a natural um, son, biological son of the parents. And this, this kid had a real tough upbringing and uh, he used to, he had, um, basically he was malnutritioned and he was nervous to get proper food before he was adopted by his parents. And then later on he was adopted. And uh, every time uh, he would sit on the dining table, uh, he used to eat like crazy because he would think that he would not get the next meal. Okay. Um, and uh, the parents and the and the boy, the the child had to be taught, saying, you know what? We love you. <laughs> you don't have to fear. Okay. And this is the process because we're also adopted. So we have that. And God says that you have not been given the spirit of bondage that leads us back to fear. By, but the spirit of adoption by which we cry out what? Abba Father. Okay. So we have to be, we have to learn the love of God. Uh, because in our culture, the word love has been totally messed up. And uh, this morning, uh, a title today's message has pursue love. The reason why I, I was thinking about it, we'll come to that. I mean, even as Pastor was uh, talking about it, and I just put, up, put, it, put this verse, uh, uh, to put this message in, into context. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 onwards, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to what? Stir up. Unto what? Love. And then good works. You see, the most important thing is love. Good works will come. But what should motivate good works is love. Not forsaking the assembling of the of ourselves together, as in the manner of some is, but exhorting one another daily, so much more as you see the 
day approaching. So the whole purpose of the teaching is to stir, stir us up unto what? To love. And then of course, the works. And it has to be taught, by the way. Like the adopted son had to be taught, you know what? You don't have to eat like that. Father loves you. And you don't have to perform to get the food of the father. <laughs> he loves you regardless. Okay. And you see, you see that, you know, the, the, they're always constantly watching and they're always scared. They're not sure of the love of the parent because they are adopted. <laughs> we are also adopted by God. And so many times we are unsure about the love of God. And constantly God has to reiterate, you know, that he loves us. And it has to be taught. Right? That is the reason why in First Thessalonians chapter 4, a very interesting verse, it says in verse 9, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love. You see that? One another. So, the whole, the, very important for us to understand that we are, because we are in a series of, on, on teaching, every aspect of, of the spiritual life has to be taught. It's an adaption. Adaptation of our um, new self. You have to put off the old man and put on the new self. Okay. And be renewed in the attitude of your mind, it says in Ephesians chapter 4. So these are things which have to be taught. You have to taught, we have to be taught by God to love. And all our children will be taught of the Lord. So, okay. So even though I'm, I mean, I'm, God is using us as, as an instrument to, uh, to teach the word, it's the anointing of the Lord of the Holy Spirit which teaches all of us and makes the word relevant to our situation and the circumstances that we are going through. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul tells uh, Timothy, he says, For the purpose of the commandment is love. You see that? From where? From a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Okay? So, what what should be the love motive? I mean, the, 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 you see, uh, you need at least three legs to make anything stable. You know that, right? Okay? That is the reason why we have tuk-tuk. How many, how many wheels does tuk-tuk have? Auto? Three. Okay. In robotics, we know. Okay. You need minimum three to keep it stable so you don't have to worry about the stability of the vehicle. It'll be stable. Okay. So if you have bicycle, then you have to learn to balance. <laughs> huh? Motorcycle, learn to balance. Car, no balancing is not a problem. Or even auto is balancing is not a problem. So there are three legs on which love has to be balanced. What is that? Sincere faith, good conscience, Pure heart. So the three legs which stabilizes your love. Okay. So, and the goal of the commandment is that you will be taught to love from a pure heart, having sincere faith and a good conscience, you see. And therefore, I mean, the NLT translation puts it in even more interestingly. It says, the purpose of our instruction okay, is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart and a good and a clear conscience and genuine faith. Okay, so we have to be taught to love, and those uh, uh, you love—that's what I was titled to this sermon as, because you know uh, very famous verses from First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse thirteen and fourteen. One, thirteen, thirteen says, "And now abide faith, hope, and love; these three, but the greatest of this is love." And of course, we have chapter division, unfortunately, but uh, Paul didn't say 14 chapter 1, 14, okay, he didn't say that. It was a continuation. And look at what he says. He says what? Pursue love. 
and desire the look it's it's very, it's very interesting it says spiritual gifts but you look at the word gifts is in what italics okay yeah in the context it is gifts but pursue spiritual things that's what it means essentially but especially that you may prophesy okay fine so what should you pursue you should pursue what love and the word for pursue is very interesting pursue is comes from a very interesting greek word which means be willing to suffer persecution for the sake of love that is the ultimate and this cannot it's not an emotion obviously why is it important in the context of the last days it says in <clears throat> Uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. Uh, this is Jesus, right? Uh, it's a commandment, right? Great commandment is what? Love the Lord and love your neighbor. So that has to be taught, as I said. And Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, the most important one, the most important commandment, answered Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is the Lord, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And therefore, instruction is to the be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's instruction to the mind. So you have to teach the love of God. It has to be taught. Okay. And then of course, that guy who receives this uh, answer from Jesus uh, adds another interesting, uh, 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 what he said, dimension to how you should get uh, instructed. He says, to love him with all of your heart and with all your understanding, you see. So you have to love God with your mind. That means your mind has to be instructed to love. And you ought to also begin to understand how to love. Okay. So I was, I was, I was trying to encapsulate. I wanted to summarize all these verses into one statement. Okay. So that you will get it. So I was, I just wrote this down even as I was meditating upon this. The purpose of teaching is to burn your heart with love for God. And fill your mind with the thoughts as to how to accomplish that love for God. Okay. Burn your heart. Okay, that's the reason why when they opened the scriptures, what happened to them? Their heart started burning. Okay. Excuse me, just a second, please. Uh, no, just give me a minute. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes you goof up technology, but it's okay. So, purpose of teaching is to burn your heart. With the love, it's a fuel to stir you up. I was, I was interesting what Pastor was talking about, stirring up here to give you the fuel so that your heart is constantly warm. Okay, it's 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 not lukewarm, it's burning. Okay, it's gradually burning. It's not like bush once and it's gone. No, it's gradually burning till the end. Okay, and to fill your mind, or rather to train your mind, to teach your mind with the thoughts as to how to accomplish that love for God. That is the reason why he says, deal with your, deal with your wives with, ah, uh-huh, with understanding, with knowledge. Do your homework. Okay. <laughs> that is the reason why he's apostle Peter. <laughs> he was the one who wrote it. <laughs> okay. Peter wrote it. No, he said, because he was the only, I think he, we know that Peter was married. We don't know about the other disciples. So Peter was the one who understood. He said, deal with your wife with knowledge or understanding. Okay. Love them. So, so it has to be taught. Okay. It's not a feeling. Okay. It's not a feeling. We'll come to certain words, which I was, which I came across in during my course of this preparation for this, for this message. So we have to be taught. Every aspect of the spiritual life has to be taught. It's not a gooey gooey. No, it's something which is, which is there, which is burning, and there is a reason for the hope that is that is in you. Why do you love him so much? You know, we sing that song. That's why we 
Because that means what is what is that's why? That means there is a reason as to why we are praising. We are just not done feeling. Nahin. There is a reason as to why we just love this God. Okay. So this is important for us to understand. For the purpose of the teaching is to is to is to ensure that the love remains constant. You know, it's like you know you should. It's like you know, uh, uh, like Paul says, no, I'm, I betroth you to one husband. I'm like constantly teaching you, like Eliezer. You know what? This is Isaac. This man is beautiful. He is the best that you can get. Don't let any other um, man try to attract your attention. Okay, this is Isaac, and constantly Eliezer through the through the through the preachers is teaching uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, please, 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 don't don't get distracted with all these fellows all around the world. Okay, all these attractions that you have, Isaac, 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 constantly building up the picture of Isaac in in your mind. Okay, and the the, the image of Isaac is being formed. You know, slowly, slowly. Oh, this is Isaac. This is Isaac. This is Isaac. And one day, when Isaac when Isaac is right there, she says, Eliezer doesn't even have to say. The, the picture of Isaac is already built in the mind of Rebecca. And he says, she says, who's this man? That's your Lord who's come halfway. She comes to where? Right? He comes there halfway and that is where the bride meets halfway. One day, we will all meet where? Halfway. Okay, we'll be caught up. And we will see our savior. And the whole purpose of teaching is to build you up. To build up that climax. To build up that image, no? You know, it's like the, like the parents who say, who talk about the bride to be, the bridegroom to be about the daughter, to the daughter. This is so good. He's so nice. He's not so nice to his parents. He's got a fantastic resume. He's got a great job. Building up, building up, building up. And then, and she has a picture in her mind. And of course, earthly people kind of, you know, disappoint you. But, you know, this is not going to be a, that kind of a disappointment. Uh, okay, you're not going to be disappointed. So the purpose of the teaching is to build that image inside of, inside of your mind and inside of your heart. And through teaching, through constant preaching, to fuel your desire for Isaac. Why is this important? Matthew chapter 24. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my sake. Then many will be offended because of tribulation. We never thought we'll get persecuted for love's sake. That is the reason why pursue love. Meaning what? Be willing to be persecuted for the sake of love. That's what it means. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. See, hate is okay. Hate is, I know, I hate you. Betray? painful. That is something, you know, I trusted this guy and he stabbed me behind my, behind my back. That is like, you know, Kaleja ka tukra nikal gaya. You feel it in your guts. We'll betray one another and we'll hate. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Isn't that interesting? Something was mentioned over there. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow, increase, wax it will say, grow cold. But he who endures till the end will be saved. And you know something very interesting is mentioned, no? Between offense and growing cold, somebody is mentioned. False prophets. Hmm. <laughs> so what should the false prophets do? I mean, not true prophets, what should they do? I don't get offended. Okay, people will hate you. But continue, burn, let the passion for God never change. But what these fellows will come and do? They will cool down your passion for Christ. So we need to... Learn to love. Pursue love. 
how do we do that? We'll come to that today. In Revelation chapter 2, of course, we know uh, to, this is to the angel, uh, to the church in Ephesus. They have labor, they have uh, works, they have, uh, they have, they have labor and they have patience. But they have no faith, no hope, no love. Love is gone. And that is the reason why Jesus says, you know what, you are a fantastic machine. You are a robot. Okay. But no soul. I can't go on a date with you. Okay. You'll not, you're like a machine. Look at what it says. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you left your first love. You know, Toli Prema. It's a hit. <laughs> In India, Toli Prema's first love. That is how the great man Pawan Kalyan, see? <laughs> <laughs> got famous because of that movie. That was a, it was a, it was a change. I mean, it changed his uh, career once. Why? First love. These are all gods. We are all plagiarized from God. You left your what? First love. Remember from where you have fallen. The point with this point of this is, see, how can you gauge? See, I, I know if I'm committing some sin. Okay, that's very tangible. It's there. If I'm committing something which is like of the flesh, okay, I'm indulging in some, some kind of a lust, I, I, I can sense it. But how can I sense lovelessness? It is there so uns- until some, somebody who's outside of you actually comes and says, you know what, boy, <laughs> no love. Where is the Vijay when I dated? You know, so those are the things which will constantly keep coming at home, no? <sighs> you know, this is, this is important. And he says, do the things that you did at first. Or else, I will come to you and quickly remove the stand from its place unless you repent. So the point therefore is, what are those first works that God is talking about? If anybody were to ask you this question, what are those first works that you did? Okay. That basically continues to fuel your heart, burns your heart with the love of God and trains your mind, your manasu. You know, there's a, there's a movie called Manasanta. No way. <laughs> you know, that means I'm constantly thinking about you. So this is my heart and my mind. That's why we sing that song, no? My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. Why? Because you gave your life on, that's why I praise you, I lift you up and I magnify your name. I love those songs that Pastor Sharon, Sharon taught us, no? That's, that's why, that's why, there's a reason. The reason is this, because you gave yourself for me on Calvary. So do the first works. So what are those first works? And you know, uh, you know something, when I find a passage, which I love and I want to preach from it. I find reasons as to why I have to preach from it. Okay, And one passage from the Bible which is to constantly challenge me and one book which I love from the Bible is the book of Jeremiah. Okay, And I want to look at Jeremiah chapter 2. Very famous passage and identify seven or eight things or maybe more. I, I, because I am want to be a complete man, I will identify seven. And if you want to start new beginning, you can identify eight. Okay. <laughs> so, but I, I want to identify certain things that you did when you 
first fell in love with God. Okay. So let's, let, let us look at Jeremiah chapter 2. Only one verse, okay? Only one verse today. That's enough. So moreover, the word of the Lord, this is Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 1 onwards. Moreover, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem. In other words, prophet, you know, you should have my heart. Okay. Vicariously, I have to listen when you open your heart and when you start speaking and prophesying, I should listen to the tenor and the tremor in my heart. For my people. You see, that is, the, that is the reason why a prophetic office is so important. It is important for the prophet who is actually prophesying to understand the heart of God. Therefore, he has to have a burden. He has to have an impression. God has to impress his heart with what he is going through. Therefore, prophet is, being a prophet is not easy. People call themselves prophet, apostles, etc. But they have no idea what they are talking about. And then prophet is saying, go and cry. You know, it's, it's in Telugu, it's like, Arthanadam. Arthanadam means something which is coming from the depths of your guts. Kantasosha. You know? Kantasosha means, when you listen to my, my voice, you should feel the dirge in it. But don't be indifferent. That's the reason why Jesus says, you know what? You are like children playing in the marketplace. What did we do? We played the flute. And you said, my farmaish. We played the dirge. We said, when we played the flute, you left, you refused to laugh. When we played the dirge, you refused to mourn. John the Baptist came what? Not eating and drinking. And you called him what? A guy who is filled with a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. You said a wine babber. And the friend of tax collectors and sinners. And he says, wisdom is justified by those, by his children. You have to feel, you have to listen to the heart of God. That is the reason why he says, you did not obey the voice of my word. It is not just you obey the word. You have to obey the voice of God's word. You need to understand what the voice is. Because he talks about the intention of his heart. So he says, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem. Saying, thus says the Lord, I remember you. I look at that, no? Just put that, no? I just marked one. I remember you. Why? why? See, see, God never forgets what he did in our lives. I'll tell you what that means in a, in a minute. But I remember you, the kindness of your youths, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says so I remember you. In other words, I remember when you first fell in love with me. Why do I remember? I remember because you are my creation. I remember my work in your life. God remembers his work. We forget. We, he remembers. You know, he, he made the creation and he said, boy, this is what? Ultimately he made Adam the, the ultimate piece, the masterpiece. And he says, and he God saw all that he made and he said it was what? Very good. So the first thing Adam heard was, very good. What did Adam do to get very good? Nothing. That is where Adam's life started from. Macha, you're good. You don't have to perform to get my love. I love you, period. So, in, and therefore, in, 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 when we are born again, we are born again because we are born again of his spirit. And he says, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. And when he sees a new creation, what does God say? Very good. 
Accepted in my beloved. Accepted. I'm just seeing you as a way, the way I see my son. God loves us just the way he loved his son. No, I was, we were reading, Sister Elsa gave us his daily devotions from Derek Prince. No, powerful, beautiful. Um, recently we was, we were reading the story of us, uh, family, familiar story, maybe, maybe some of you know it already. So this is a young boy who likes to carve pieces, I mean, wooden work. So one day what, what he does is, uh, he makes a nice wooden boat. With, a, with nice sails and everything. Beautiful wooden boat he makes. And after he makes that wooden boat, he he takes it to the shore, to the ocean, and he starts, he wants to play. So he puts the boat on the on the on the shore, on the on the waters, and suddenly when he's doing it, when he's playing with the boat, the tide changes. Okay. When the tide changes, the boat gets dragged into the water. And he's like searching for it, and it just goes further and further and further and further away from the Sure, and he starts weeping and weeping, and he says, my boat is gone, my boat is gone. He comes back home. Again, after a while, the tide changes. Now, what happens? The boat gets comes to, comes to the shore again. It gets swept back to the shore. So this guy, who's jogging on the, on the shore, and he looks at the boat. And when he looks at the boat, he says, boy, this is a fantastic boat. So, who made this boat? Fabulous boat. So what does he do? He just cleans it up and he nicely polishes it and he goes to the local store. Uh, what do you call, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, wherever you, uh, when you go to play, no, 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 no. When you go to places, souvenirs, ah, so it's the local souvenir store, okay? When you go to the, he goes to the local souvenir store and he says, you know what? I found this beautiful thing. Why don't you, why don't you take it? The guy says, boy, it's fantastic. Gives him, gives him ten dollars and he puts, uh, the thing on the window of his, uh, shop and he says thirty five dollars. Price $35. And one day, this kid is walking on the street and he looks at the boat from the shop. On the, in the, in the shop. And he says, that is my boat. But he has nowhere to prove that it is his boat. And he goes inside into the shop and he says, uh, excuse me sir, how much is that boat? He says, that is $35. So you know what he does? He goes and does a lot of, um, odd jobs and he does every kind of work and he somehow gathers $35 and then he comes to the shop and he says, and he tells her just before he leaves, he says, tells the shopkeeper, I want to buy it. Please don't sell it to anybody. And then he gets his $35 and he gives it to the uh, shopkeeper. He takes his boat and you know, when he is walking along this boat, he puts the boat close to his heart and he says, I made you. Now I bought you. I made you. Now I bought you. You know what Derek Prince says? That's exactly what did God, did, God did for us. He made us. And we were marred by sin. We were marred and we were being sold by Satan on the dock. And he didn't pay $35. You know what he paid? The price of his own son. That is the reason why he says, redemption of the price? Can any man redeem his own brother? Impossible. But God God did. By paying through the blood of his own son. And you know what God, God Jesus says? I made you. Now why? Bought you. You are. Mine. And therefore Jesus says, you know what? I remember you. I remember you. I remember you. Boy, isn't God awesome? What an awesome God. And then he says, because I delight in my work. It was, see, when, when the, the salvation work is not our work, that God has to delight in. God only delights in his work. So whenever he sees that new creation, he says, that is my work. I made him. I bought him. Jeremiah chapter 2, 
in NIV. This is what he says. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. The word is the kindness of your youth. It's amazing, isn't it? How many of you have seen young people being kind? Lord, have mercy. The kindness. Have you seen young people being kind? Were you kind when you were young? That's a question, no? See, young people, they think that they deserve what I deserve. They behave like that with their parents. I mean, I was also like that, you know. I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody. I remember my, the kindness, not my kindness of my youth. That is the reason why Lord remember not the sins of my youth. <laughs> you see? <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Be it far from you, Lord. I know when you were young. No, 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 Lord. No, 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 no. No, that those were not good old days. There were terrible days. I remember when parents know when one, one brother, one, one of our relatives who came home, he, they, he, after I wrote my MSAT exam, I was so frustrated after I wrote the exam. And he came and he said, how did you write? I, said, I refused to answer. My, my parents were so embarrassed. That was not kindness of my youth, no? So, so the youth, you see what God has to, the, 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 as we say in the Bible, the law of first mention. The very first time the word youth is mentioned in the Bible, this is what is mentioned about the youth. You want to know? Let us see. Surprise, surprise. Okay, because we want to be young, no? This is what God has talked, talks about youth. You know? Forever young, hello. That's what we see in bumper stickers in the United States. Forever young. Who is that fellow? Gray haired man driving the car. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so youth, look at what God has to say about the youth. This is found in the law of first mention, Genesis chapter 8 verse 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his Adi, youth. The imagination of man's heart is what? Evil from his youth. Let us look at another translation to just get a a little more, um, a a slightly better feel as to what it is, what that imagination is. Uh, It's in the NET, the new English translation, new English translation, NET, they say it's good. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because because of humankind, even though the inclination of their minds is evil from youth. Are youth under On I, and and I will never destroy everything that lives. So youth is important, and 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 therefore he's, he he actually categorizes and he he kind of even uh, uh, gives so even more a few more flavors and dimensions as to what this youth is. No, in Genesis chapter six, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was. Evil. Now what is ultimately coming out of man's heart? What is coming out of man's heart? Evil is coming out. But what is the source of that evil? Let's see. It is a heart. It is the intention of the heart. It is the thought of the intention of the heart. And that is evil. Always. 
That is the reason why, that is the reason why, why do we come to the ministry of the word of God? Simply because in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 to 13 it says, the, the, the word of the Lord is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Why soul and the spirit? Derek Prince says, no, he says, the body is world conscious, conscious. The soul is self-conscious and the spirit is God-conscious. And when we died in our sins, we left, that God conscience was, consciousness was gone because we died, we died in our sin. So the spirit was dead. So we became self-conscious and we became world conscious. Now when we are born again of the spirit, we have to become God conscious. The soul has to be taught not to be self-conscious, but to be God conscious so that the body follows the soul and becomes what? God conscious. So it says, Designer of the thoughts and intents, it, uh, sorry, so soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow and the discerner, <coughs> excuse me, of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. No creation is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes to whom we must. I agree with the translators, they had to add must there. Must give account. Must. That means, before God, nothing is hidden. Every intention is there. Every thought is there. And he knows whether it is good or evil. So what does God remember? (laughs) The kindness of your youth, Baba. What does God remember? What has happened suddenly? You are this kind of a guy whose thoughts and intentions are absolutely evil continually. But now he sees what? He remembers your repentance. How you turn. He remembers your Repentance. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. For godly sorrow (laughs) produces what? Repentance. What is repentance? The changing of your what? Mind. The devotion now. Your thoughts now were full of yourself. You became so self-conscious. But now what what has happened? You become God conscious. That's exactly what happens when you become teenagers, right? In front of the mirror. Goatee. Goatee has to have a goatee. I look so pathetic in those pictures now. I said, Now I realized, you know, somebody told me after a while, this they told somebody was I was heard some some guy saying, Girls don't like people with facial hair. Gone. Why? Self-conscious, world conscious. You see. So what has happened now? I changed. Change my, what, primarily my thinking. This is the first work you did. You started thinking. You were regretting. And then, for observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. The diligence it wrought in you. The clearing of yourselves. The indignation, fear, vehement desire, zeal, vindication. My goodness, these are not ordinary terms. This is radical repentance. You see? And there should be one point in your life, you should have at least experienced all these feelings. Feelings. There are feelings. Vindication. Zeal. Fear. Vehement desire. Diligence. Clearing of yourselves. In other words, you wanted to do everything possible to have a right standing with God. Okay, you repented. Now I remember. 
the kindness of your youth. The word is chesed, which means the devotion or which means essentially, you know what? You entered into a covenantal relationship with me and you said, you know what, Lord, what a man I was. I'm changing, Lord. I'm changing. I was going this way. I'm going to do 180 degrees and I'm going to go follow hard after you. And therefore, the church has to be taught how to repent. You understand? And why does God delight in that repentance? Because it is his work. Our, like, our kind of uh, repentance, God will not accept. This is, you know, there are two words for repent. Paschatap, you know, paschatap ka matlab jante ho aap. In Hindi, paschatap, manfirao. Paschatap ka matlab manfirao nahi. Just because you regret and you had some kind of a conviction doesn't mean that you have repented. You have to change your mind. That is only half cleansing. Okay, so you have to change. And that God and says, you know what? I did this inside of you and I saw your repentance. Boy, look at this. Zacchaeus. <laughs> 180 degrees shift. Boy, this guy is the son of Abraham. Why? Don't call yourself children of Abraham. Bring forth what? Fruits in keeping with repentance. I saw that. I saw that in you. The kindness of your youth. You were kind towards me. In other words, you're saying, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. The kindness of your youth. Let us look at another aspect of the youth. This is found in Jeremiah. What Jeremiah thinks about <laughs> youth. You know, we have youth meetings, etc. This is what, why do we have youth meetings? Because this is what youth are. No? Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 21. I spoke to you in your prosperity. What you said? I will not hear. The word for hear is Shama, which also means obey. I will not hear, I will not obey. This has been your manner from your youth. You are a rebel. That is the reason why most of the rebels are found, they are found when they are young and they get mature when they become old. They are, they are immature rebels and then become mature rebels. Debased mind. So you have to, that is the reason why, you know what, convictions have to be formed when you are young, my dear brothers and sisters. Okay, otherwise you will have no grinders to chew. <laughs> You know, why, why? Because you, I mean, nowadays people don't have grinders by the time they are 15 years old. Why? You know why? Chocolates. No grinders. All gone. Molars are all gone. Oh, it's paining. Why? <laughs> because right from childhood you have been what? Eating what? Chocolates. That's exactly what people are being taught in the church. What? Chocolate. Candy cotton. Eat chocolate, 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 chocolate. What has happened now? We have no grinders. By the time we come to our youth, <laughs> sorry, I can't chew it. My pastor uses the term, no? I cut my teeth. <laughs> I, like, I like that term. I said, boy, this is interesting. What does cutting your teeth mean? I grew on all these things. I learned to chew. You know, when we, when our children are growing up, when the teeth are coming, what do we give them? We give them that, what do you call that in Telugu? You know what that That fellow has to be taught to chew. Huh? The chewer, the how to chew. Cutting teeth, you have to cut your teeth, you have to learn to cut your teeth <laughs> with the word of God. Otherwise, one day you will have no grinders. And what has to be fed from the pulpit? Something which is ground. The pastor, what he has to do? <laughs> and to put a pipe and send the solids. I don't know whether the strength would digest even that. I don't know how can you make a protein into powder, I don't know. Meat ko powder kaisa bana sakta? Impossible. Every granule will remain meat. You see? 
I will not hear. This has been your, you are a rebel with and without a cause. Actually without a cause. What cause you have hmm. to rebel? <laughs> you are urgent ready, huh? <laughs> oh, odd nonsense. <laughs> we elaborated, Baba. It's become a cult classic in India. Translated into every language possible. It's become a, become a cult classic. Everybody is rebacking that movie. Much to the consternation of the media, of course, that's different. They don't care. I'm not a rebel without a cause, sir. Oh, yo. They're all what? Shea Gubera. Remember, you know, this is all, where you, you should see one of our robo, robotics conferences in our, in our university, in Triplity. You know what, you know what was the title of the conference? Revolution. And what, who was there on the t-shirt? Shea Gubera. Robot Shea Gubera, of course. Every, everything is motivated by what? Revolution. Red t-shirt? <laughs> I, I cannot, see this all starts in the universities, Baba. You think that, uh, Triple A T means, oh, nice sanctified place. And, oh, no, 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 no. All those thoughts are coming there also. It's a revolution. We will rebel through our robots. Sponsored by <laughs> all, every company on planet earth, you see. That you do not obey my voice. That's been your and that's, that's exactly the reason why in, in First Timothy, oh, sorry, Luke's Gospel chapter 15, no? This is exact, exactly what the, what the, uh, what's his name? The prodigal son. Give me my inheritance. I want to go. I will not hear. Okay. Give me my inheritance. I will not hear. I want to go. What are you? Rebel. So what should you do with rebels? Let them go. They will learn their lesson later on. Okay. He longed to fill his stomach. You know, when your stomach burns, you learn doctrine like anything. I'm telling you, it has to, it has to burn. You know, parents say, don't give him food today and he will not die. Don't worry. But he will learn. Some mother say, yo, my baby, what will happen? No, 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 don't worry. He will learn very nicely. She will learn. Don't give him food one night. Uh, my, that is all radical things. Please don't uh, experiment. Only if you are, that is your conviction, you can use it, okay? <laughs> he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything when he came to his... Ah! That means all your senses were dull. You know why? Your stomach was full. <laughs> See, there's a direct relationship between your spiritual senses and your stomach. I'm telling you, it's an exp- it's an experiential knowledge, anubhava jnanam. <laughs> I learned it, you know, when I when I really, really fast, deliberately, I make a constant, conscious effort to uh, effort to fast. Then I somehow senses are becoming more sharper. Why? Even the message, if I let's say if I fast in the morning, the breakfast, if I fast in the morning breakfast, and I come and listen to the message, I hear it more clearly than on an empty stomach. You can actually try it. Eat full dosa and come. Because we have uh, morning prayer these days. Full dosa idli you eat and come. I will challenge you. You will fall asleep. Fast breakfast and come. That is what we call as preparation. Siddha Pato. Hmm. What, how do you prepare yourself? Fast. So then he came to us. Oh my goodness. What has happened? My father. Not till now you have not remembered your father. You know what? The Lord remembers that. He remembers your repentance. 
you know when the when he actually you know what he says he 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 tells uh, the the children of israel to hosea he says i led you to the wilderness and i spoke kindly to you kya baat hai no super because in other words you lord understand my kindness unless i make you mm-hmm, your stomach burn you take away privileges from a children they will learn their lessons you know that oh no 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 it's not not so much because a privilege was lost many times because you are upset they realize why 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 was this my loving father my loving mother took took away this privilege something is there see how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here i am starving good young man you learned it you know why right from the childhood you are what you right from a youth you are what a rebel this has been your going right from your youth look 15 i am no longer worthy he says so he got up and went to his father till then he didn't go back to his father that that is the reason why timothy will say in first timothy chapter 2 and a servant of the lord must be must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach patient in humility in humility correcting those who are in what you know the word for opposition is very interesting you know opposition ka matlab kya hai the person who is anti testament that means testament implies a testator testator implies a will <laughs> so what is what is the what the prodigal son says come on write your will right now i don't care when you die mere ko abhi chahiye anti testament if perhaps god will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth that they may come to their what senses senses and you know what god looks at and he says i remember how you came to your senses and you cried out to me and he said lord i am not worthy to be called your son and then you experience my love the kindness of your youth the the lord remembers your repentance do you remember the first time you repented boy i remember when i actually genuinely repented when i was really bankrupt in every way i remember that is when i started reading jeremiah boy he was speaking to me it was like one ton of bricks coming and hitting me like pot 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 on my mind no i just couldn't put the bible down after that the lord remembers he remembers your repentance do you remember your repentance how you turn to god that's the reason why paul tells paul tells uh, the thessalonian church i know the way you repent how you turn to god to the living god from what from your idols from your idols those things which inspired rebellion in your in your life you were quick to remove them and you wanted to you turn to me and i remember the kindness of your youth the lord remembers your repentance but the father said to his servants bring out the best robe put it on him put a ring and sandals to his feet and then very interesting bring the fatted calf why the why should the fatted calf be mentioned calf be mentioned because something has to die so that you can be reconciled to your father <laughs> it's a picture my dear brothers and then we can enjoy an innocent has animal has to die now today i know i was just thinking about this and i wrote down a statement it could be a challenge to many of you and if you are young especially if only god can get to enjoy the kindness of your youth if only 
If only God can get to enjoy the kindness of your youth. It is when David was young, you know, what was his heart burning for? It was burning for God. You know, remember? See, in Psalm 132, and this is, this is uh, author W. Pink when he actually is starting writing a commentary on, 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 on David. Listen, he, he talks from Psalm 132. Lord, remember David. Where? In all his afflictions. How he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go into the comfort of my bed. The chamber of my house? The comfort of my bed? I will not sleep to, I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. When, when was he thinking all this? And the Holy Spirit recorded this? Ah, next verse. Look at what it says. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. He was in, he was in Bethlehem, near Ephrathah. He was in Judah. He was not even a king then. He said his heart was burning. His heart was yearning for God. His heart was saying, Lord, I want to find a dwelling place. And that is the reason why when Uriah comes to him and he says, you know what, Uriah? Uriah says, King, the Ark of the Covenant is where? Where was the Ark of the Covenant? In the tent. My Lord Joab is fighting. How can you ask me to go and lie with my wife in her bed and enjoy myself? Are you not the sweet psalmist of Israel? Okay. So the Lord remembers the kindness. Do you remember your repentance? When you turned to God? Radical. Started reading his word. Shedding tears of repentance. You know, tap was coming out. One word you read from the Bible, what will happen? The tap will come out. You'll start weeping and weeping and weeping. Have you remember those days when you repented? My God, I remember. Wept and wept and wept. You know why? It's in secret. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about uh, openly. That is when true joy came. You know why? God remembers the kindness of your youth. The way you changed. The way you turned. The repentance that you had. So let's go to the next one. The kindness of your youth, you are the first fruits of all his increase. Right? That is the reason why Jeremiah chapter, chapter, James chapter 1 will say, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of what? First fruits of his creatures. We became the first fruits, like kind of first fruits. Became his creation. And God began to delight. Next, he talks about the kindness of your youth. First thing, say everybody say, the kindness of your youth. Say that. The Lord remembers me, the kindness of my youth. Say that. The Lord remembers me, the kindness of my youth. Second, the love of your betrothal. Now, what this love, who created it inside of you? God. That means it is God kind of love. Where? In your heart. So when he, when you were betrothed, in other words, you got engaged to God. Betrothal means you got engaged. You are going to, you are soon to be married to this God. In that sense, okay? So, God remembers the kindness of your youth. He remembers the love of your betrothal. Now, that is interesting. What is the love of your betrothal? How do we understand betrothal love? What does, what are the dimensionalities of the love of God's, of your betrothal? How does God look at betrothal? First of all, we get betrothed to God the way He got betrothed to us. It's the same thing. Right? Love of your betrothal. Let us look at it. In Hosea chapter 2, verse 19. I will betroth you to me forever. Okay, yesterday Pastor was saying, you and me for? Ever. But how will I do it? I will betray you to me in 
righteousness, in justice, in loving kindness, in mercy, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. These are five dimensionalities of love, of betrothal. So you have love, betrothal love, nice no? Heart. There's no arrow, but there's only heart. Okay. If that love is essentially motivated by Righteousness being fed through by righteousness. Second, justice. Third, loving kindness, or we call as chesed, again covenant. And then mercy. And the fourth one is faithfulness or truth. This is betrothal. Genuine betrothal. We have all the other kinds of betrothal in our culture. Where there is transparency, there is righteousness, there is justice, there is loving kindness, there is mercy, there is truth, there is no pretense. In other words, this marriage covenant has got a very strong foundation, is based upon truth and transparency and not on pretense. Remember how uh, most of the times, courtship mein kya hota? in courtship you hide. It's what we call as, that's the reason why I think it's called blind date. You're blind. In other words, you make the other person blind, basically. Two, what is the reality of your heart? That is the reason you should give time to any, everything. Suddenly, people get engaged. Engaged and married in few months. Okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, against all that, but you should give time. You see, Love has to be based upon truths. Betrothal has to be based upon truths. That is the reason why you're engaged to me, right? Joseph says, tells, tells Mary, you're engaged to me and she comes and says, you know what, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Huh. Hello. Pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I don't know what must have gone through his heart. You know, in Telugu they said, Gunda Paglipen. Your heart broke. My heart must have broken. Are you? What happened to this girl? We made so many dreams. We were so transparent. We, I showed her what I, have, I am. Basically, this is my salary. I'm a carpenter. I'm a carpenter. This is what I get. Was she? Did she fall in love with somebody else who promised something else? You see, you have to be very, very truthful to the person whom you get married to. They should know your financial details. How much of debt you have. The baggage basically, you know, they should know. With what baggage you're coming into the marriage. That is, you should give time. And you should have some yearning, you should, I mean, I, you should have some kind of a long distance relationship, I don't know, where you're tested, whether you really, really are loyal to one another or not. You see, very important. And, and that's exactly what Jesus said, you know, I'm engaged. I'm going away. I'm preparing a place for you. In this, in this gap, I want to see. So, what will I'm going to prepare. I'm going to place mansions, beautiful, etc., etc. Sorry, you know what? I told him just now. I'm going to Canada. What Canada, we will go to Nile. I mean, not Nile. Nile, not Nile. <laughs> what is that, Baba? What falls is that? Niagara. Huh? Huh? Niagara. 
Niagara Falls and one promise I made is that I'm going not going to Niagara Falls unless I take with you take you along with me and I didn't go to Niagara <laughs> so three and a half years I was there. I had so many opportunities to go. I didn't go. I went to I went to New York. I went to Boston. I went to uh, Chicago. I went to Richmond, Virginia. I, I went to different different places. But Niagara, Toronto, Ottawa. I went all places. Niagara can't speak. I, I avoided it because one day I'll get there. Nothing happened. See. But, but God is not like that. You know what? I'm making this place for you. But I betrothed you. How did I betroth you? Through righteousness, through justice, through loving kindness, through mercy, but most importantly, through faithfulness or truth. It's called Amuna, from which we get the word Aman, which means actually truth. Faithful loyalty. I'm loyal to lock, stock and barrel. That is the reason why when Israel breaks the covenant with God, you know what he says, what iniquity did you find in me? You became a beofa. Mera dil ko tune tukla kar diya. In other words, you became Jabjit Singh. Chule nahi jalaye ya basti hi jal gai. Aray baap re. You know who gave this cassette to me? My wife who sat sitting there, na. Jagjit Singh ko de, I don't know, it is a very, very important uh, lesson in that, no? So I was to listen to Jagjit Singh. And that guy, all songs on Beowulf only. Koi fariyat. Bapre. All this vocabulary I learned only. They say, they say Urdu is the most romantic language. Only when I heard Jagjit Singh, I came to realize that. You say, because you know why? You have to go to North, North India to understand Urdu. They say, Urdu was born in Lucknow. It spent its youth in Delhi. It came to Hyderabad and died. <laughs> you see, see, this is what is, what we call as love of betrothal. You know what God is saying? I remember you. I remember the kindness of your youth. And I remember the love of your betrothal. I remember that. In other words, I remember your righteousness. I remember your justice. I remember your loving kindness. I remember your mercy. Because it is my work in your life. I remember the truth. Your passion for truth. I remember your loyalty. You will not give up. You know, the greatest character we were discussing yesterday, uh, uh, what's his name, Sami and I, the greatest character, who's the hero of the plot of Mahabharata? Tell me, according to you. I will ask that lady over there, Hindu, background lady. Oh, maybe Akila. Tati Paligaru. Who's the hero of the plot of Mahabharata, according to you? Huh? huh? What is that? <laughs> yes, yes, Akila, what do you think? Don't <laughs> tell me what what is your according to you? No? You know, according to me, the hero of the plot of Mahabharata's Karna. Karna. The tragedy hero. 
for those who know mahabharata okay i'm not going to go into uh, go into karna but you know what something about karna karna was absolutely loyal to whom to the enemy he was a nice guy loyal to the enemy and sometimes i was i even sense how did these guys come up with these characters the tragedy hero and i'm telling you know every time people actually listen or hear about karna they have tears in their eyes you know that It's a fantastic guy loyal you cannot compromise on his loyalty you motherly love cannot purchase that loyalty money cannot purchase that loyalty positions cannot purchase that loyalty loyal truth and he said you know what i saw that loyalty inside of you that was my kind of loyalty and i saw that in you you can't be purchased you can't be bought it's what is not infatuation infatuation means you see the form in god in jesus there is no form <laughs> exactly rachel had form and therefore he fell he didn't rise in love he fell in bethel continued falling in rachel and then he rose up one fine day when he lifted up to his god and he said lord bless me faithfulness you know there is there is infatuation infatuation only look at the wicked form there is another kind of a love which i <laughs> just came across it's called limerence how many of you heard this called limerence term called limerence anybody knows what limerence is i also didn't know until recently until i was preparing, preparing for this message you know what limerence is limerence limerence l i e m e l i m e r e n c e this is the definition of limerence from wikipedia <clears throat> limerence is a state of mind which results from a romantic attraction to another person and typically includes obsessive thoughts and fantasies and a desire to form or maintain a relationship with the object of love and to have one's feelings reciprocated if you don't reciprocate constantly how should i make him reciprocate you see this is limerence limerence can also be defined as an involuntary state of intense romantic desire that is not god's love that is not betrothal what are you doing you are manipulating so what does what do boys do they take a credit card by ari royal enfield and then more oh, the girl says this guy has got what royal enfield limerence now she'll reciprocate that's exactly what what J- jacob was doing he served he says jacob served laban you know what the word for service service abad which which comes which comes from the hebrew word to worship abad and the problem is this it's so dangerous because once your desire is fulfilled something happens look at what it says in second second samuel chapter 13 verse 15 this is talking about tamar and uh, and uh, amnon after amnon does this act with her he fulfills his desire it says then amnon hated her exceedingly the word for exceedingly is gadol almightyly in other words gadol is right no 
almightyly he amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he loved her and amnon said to her arise be gone that is limerence boy my dear brothers and sisters we need to grow up isn't it we need to grow up from our infatuations in from from our immature love because love is not an emotion betrothal is based upon something it is based upon truth primarily it's based upon loyalty it's based upon mercy it's based upon loving kindness it's based upon justice it's based upon righteousness that is the reason why first corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 will say when i was a child this is a chapter on love when i was a child i spoke as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child when i became a man i put away childish things it's just 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 replaces when i became a man i spoke as a man in other words generally men speak less generally general okay general just general category so that means you know that's the reason why he says if any man does not bridle his tongue his his what is his religion is imperfect who should bridle your tongue bridle ka matlab kya hai somebody is in control okay that's what bridle means right horse meaning somebody is in control of your tongue oh don't say that okay because you are about to say something now turn don't say don't say you speak as a man you understand as a man and you what start thinking as a man that is the reason why love has to be thought not thought taught and thought <laughs> you have to think over these things you see so what do you what happens to you otherwise you know what many marriages will become child marriages as pastor keeps saying two children falling in love and getting married what will happen when two children get married in the home they fight over toys isn't it she said she said she said she said she said she said, she said. god found two children in in the garden of eden no chapit imagination she did it she did it no that's what you say no have you ever seen in a in a if you work in with the kindergarten students they will say or they you will know exactly she did it no she not me when god comes in the form of jesus christ everybody sin you know what he says i did it i did it that's the reason why he says he became what sin he who did not know sin became sin for us my dear brothers and sisters do you remember he remembers the love of your betrothal and you protected it you guarded it right second corinthians chapter 11 i feel a divine jealousy chapter 2 oh, chapter 11 verse 2 since i betrothed you to one husband to present you as a chaste virgin to christ and in fact the you know it says no the 144000 people who follow the lamb wherever they go they call they call what virgins why because they did not defile themselves with men and the telugu translation adds a very interesting nuance it says they did not defile in themselves with men they did not even know what defilement is wow that's interesting they don't even know what sin is because they refused it i don't want to taste it no 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 are telugu taste karne se pata chalega na कैसा है क्या है करके एक्सपेरिमेंट करना ही नहीं करना मुझे आई डोंट वांट टू डू इट आई डोंट इवन वांट टू नो 
Okay, so God remembers the kindness of your. Everybody say He remembers the kindness of my youth. Second, He remembers the love of my betrothal. Third, the kindness of your youths, the love of your betrothal, and what does the love of your betrothal do? It makes you go after me into the wilderness, into a land that was not sown. You know, the Hebrew word is very interesting. In the land which where you cannot sow seed, meaning even if you sow seed, nothing is going to come out. Sometimes it will happen, no? You're going to get married to this fellow. You'll take your seed and put it here. (laughs) Nothing is going to come out out of this relationship. But regardless, you went after me. You understand? You went after me into a land that was not so. In other words, you're not thinking about gain at all. You love that man implicitly. He owns me lock, stock and barrel and I'm not in it for my gain. Okay. Because you know this story of Ruth. So Naomi tells Orpah and Ruth very clearly, my land is not sown. <laughs> you cannot sow here. Nothing nothing's going to come out of it. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go on with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may, that they may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters. Go for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, I should have a husband tonight and should bear sons. Would you wait for me? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? That is the reason why that says, it says a, pers- a widow who is living in pleasure is dead while she is living. Because she cannot restrain herself. And uh, when the conditions were mentioned very, very nicely and very clearly, and God is very honest. No? He, he says, you come with me, you will not have money. Please, okay. Foxes have no holes, birds of the air have nests, and the son of man has no place to lay his head. Nothing is guaranteed. No TA, no DA. Salud, no HRA. Railway man is laughing. TA means travel elements. HRA means home rent elements. DA means dearness elements. I never understood what the dearness elements is. Till now. The definition of dearness elements. It is increasing, increasing, increasing. No. Dearness elements, now it is reduced. No, DA is reduced. Because the central government has not, they don't consider as you dear anymore. They, they have lost that dearness with you. Huh? Dearness elements. No dearness elements. No. Home, home rent elements. No travel elements. So how do we travel if necessary on foot? Otherwise, sometimes if need be, I will ma- I will make you fly like Philip. Okay. Sometimes we will we can walk on water also. Okay. That is that, that is the methodology of transportation. Okay. Agreed. Ah, agreed. <laughs> okay. You know, that is the reason I said we agree upon. Agreed upon. No. We have to agree upon this land. Not so. Naomi is saying, Baba, land not so. My, you come after me. Nothing is going to come after. Nothing is no benefit for you. No benefit for you. Land not so. No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the land, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Orpa kissed her mother-in-law and said, Tata, Mama, thank you so much. But Ruth clung to her. Kya baat hai? Kya baat hai? Even if I see fruit or no fruit, I am after you. That is what we call as loyalty. Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people 
and to our gods. Written after your sister-in-law. And then you have those powerful verses, huh? But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you. Don't force me to leave you. Or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people, my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And after that, Naomi said, I cannot persuade her. Over. You see. That is the reason why Jesus says, he says, terms of discipleship, very clear. If any man desires to come after me, he has to deny himself, pick up his cross, how many days? Daily. <laughs> and follow me. Then, you know what? God says, I remember that. I remember that about you too. Boy! You know, Umar, what's that? Umar, Umar Khayam, huh? Umar Khayam, Umar Khayam. What is that? A glass of wine, a loaf of bread, and thy presence is paradise in the wilderness. Kya baat hai? Persian mathematician, okay? Mathematicians are romantic. Hmm. Parallel track is running all the time. <laughs> it is called, it is called a, a romance track. It's running. It is there in everybody, Baba. You see, in the land that is not sown. In other words, there are full bank balance, I'll give it to you. Kya baat hai? What to God if a man finds a wife like that? Kya baat hai? Or a, husband, a wife finds a husband like that. Either way, okay? We're all hiding your faces, don't worry. I'm not indicating at you, I'm indicating at myself, okay? <laughs> Where you die. You see. And that's exactly what God is looking at. He says, you came after me into a land that was not so. In other words, even if I put seed grant, you know, that's the reason why it's called universities. They call it seed grant. If I start, you want to start a lab, sir, I want seed grant, sir. Seed grant. Matlab, you sow into my lab. Five years from now, you will get such funding into the university. I guarantee. Eaton. G. What is the other company? Mathworks. You name the company, they will be sponsoring our students. Just put a seed grant. Jesus said, put your seed. No guarantee. Because I came like that. We are going to die for these people. How many people will be saved? I don't know. Will they accept me? I don't know. No guarantee. But you know what he says? Accept a seed. What? Falls in the ground and dies. Oh boy. This is what he looks at and he says, I remember that, Israel. Jerusalem, I remember that. I remember you. This is the first works that you did. Matthew 19. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? (laughs) Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, meaning complete man. Don't put on raiments. Sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. And when the young man heard it, he was very sorrowful. Why? Because he had what? Great possessions. Meaning, And immediately Peter looked at him and he said, Papa, you know, Peter said, no. You mean what he said? Peter answered and said, see, we have left everything to follow you. Therefore, what shall we have? Thank God he opened his mouth. 
Jesus answered something. Assuredly, I say to you that this, that in the regeneration, when? In the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on his throne of his glory, you will have, you who have followed me will also be sitting on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Why? For everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my own sake shall receive what? Hundredfold. Exactly what Isaac received. Where did he sow his seed in a land? That's one. That's a famine there. And what did he reap? Hundredfold. Kya baat hai? And inherit eternal life. And Mark will add with persecutions. That is the reason why pursue love means be willing to be persecuted for learning this love. This love is different, Baba. This is not emotion. This is a decision. Did you understand? <laughs> Let's move on. But you know what? Look at what God has to say through Ezekiel to, about his people. As for you, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses. Oh, what are they talking? Are they gossiping about me? No. And they speak to one another, everyone to his brothers. Please come and hear the word of the Lord. That comes from the Lord. Boy, he speaks the oracles of God. So they come to you as people. They sit before you as my people. And they hear your words, but they do not. Do them, for with their mouth they show, ah, much love, ah, 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 ah. they show much love with their mouth, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Misme mera kya hai? Church ko aaya to mujhe kya milega? Kuch nahi milega. Je bol raha aapko. Pehle se. That is the reason why we don't want to come to the full-time ministry. You know, nothing's gonna come out of this. <laughs> In this life. In this life, nothing's gonna come. But we look at the things which are unseen for the things which are seen are what? Temporary the things which are unseen are what? Eternal. And you know what God says? I saw that. Let's move on. The kindness, I remember you. So, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, that you went after me in the land that was not sown, and where? Into the? Wilderness, that is important. You went after me into the wilderness. And what is wilderness? It is a place of discipline. It is a place where God teaches you to cut off, cut away from the things of this world. It's a place of seclusion. It is a place of hiding. Hmm? Deuteronomy chapter 8. And you shall remember the Lord, your God. You shall remember. The Lord remembers you. But you shall remember the Lord, your God, that led you for these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. Wilderness will humble you, will test you to know what is in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not, so that he humbled you, he allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna, that you may know what? That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Where? Where did he teach you? In the? I'll tell you something. Wilderness is a place. Another, let me tell you. Wilderness is the only place where you can be taught. I'm telling you honestly. When everything is cut off in your life, that is your wilderness. All the influences of the world have been cut off in your life. That is when you learn. Remember? Mark's Gospel chapter 1. Luke, sorry. Luke's Gospel chapter 1. 
This is talking about John the Baptist. The child grew and became strong in the spirit and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Meaning what? There's a day of public appearance. But before that, God has to train you where? In the wilderness. And what is mentioned about this man in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the wilderness? Because something very interesting about Luke, sorry, John the Baptist is mentioned about, particularly about John, something is mentioned. Wilderness, what does it do? What does it do to you? It does something to you. Look, Mark's Gospel chapter 1. Now, John was what? Clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt on your waist and he ate what? Locusts and what? Wild honey. This is what he ate. No, interesting, no? What is mentioned? The attire is, attire is mentioned. Because, you know, that's what Francis Bacon said. He made a statement. He says, apparel proclaimeth the man. Apparel proclaimeth the man. In other words, what you dress is a signature or is, a, is, is, is essentially the ideology as to what you actually think. The ideology inspires your dressing. I remember when I was uh, growing up, no? They said, uh, you should have power dressing. What is power dressing? Black suit or blue suit. Black suit or blue suit. Black shoes and black socks, not white socks. They'll look at your socks, no? On black shoes and some people in India, they'll put white socks also. Huh? Black shoes, sorry, black suit, white shirt, black boots, black socks or blue socks, dark navy blue socks and red tie. Or a tie with a pinch of red on it. You know what is, and no facial hair. You know what they call it? Power dressing. You feel it. That is what I was sold in an Italian store. <laughs> in Canada. You should see the way he sells it, sir. He has got points, pleasure points on your body. You know, he touches you there, here, there. And he puts that suit on you. And you're like, boy, I feel. What? You know, in Telugu, they say, Kshavaram Aitagan, we were on Zangala. You know what Kshavaram means? He nicely fleeced you. And after that, he knew. Then you came to realize, you came to your senses. Till then, what is happening? Power dressing. You are feeling the power of the dress. Then you will feel the power of the bank. Rather, the powerlessness of your bank. And what is mentioned about, about John the Baptist? His clothing is mentioned. His apparel is mentioned. And what he eats is mentioned. Interesting, both what he wears and what he eats. And Paul says, having food and clothing, be content. And what was he content with? Camel's hair. Kya baat hai? Kya dressing hai baap? Will you say that? A leather belt. Hurry, what a belt? You will say? No. And what is your food, Papa? Three course meal. No, no not even three course. Locusts and wild honey. Meaning... It's kosher food you'll be asked to eat even in the wilderness. You cannot even kill any animal. Because every animal which is available in the wilderness is what? Unclean. And what is the only kosher food? Is locusts. In other words, locust was mentioned in the book of Leviticus for John the Baptist. It's prophetic. <laughs> locust is kosher. You can eat it. That's your protein. And that's your carbohydrates. Honey. And what do you need? Protein and carbs. What he wears and what he eats is mentioned. Now, this is important. Now, I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about what is this? No, I was just, what is this? What is this wilderness? So I, I wrote down what was what, about wilderness, something about the wilderness. It's a discipline of simplicity. What is it? It's a discipline of simplicity. 
Simplicity is a discipline. In other words, you have money, ta 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 ta, people don't spend. Simple. Oh, today we have money? Let's splurge. <laughs> Hold on. Discipline of simplicity. What teaches you? The wilderness teaches you. Second is the discipline of constancy. Oh, I like that. What is there? Everything is the same. Food is the same. What is this food? Manna. We remember. You know, that's, that's the problem. Even in the church, the food is always the same. You know that? You think I'm teaching something new? You think I'm teaching something new to all of you that you don't know? It's constant. <laughs> I'm not teaching anything new. I mean, give me the expressions and I'm the kind of, what do you call, animations that I'm using <laughs> is possibly new, but it's all the same. And what is it? Constancy. But what do the people in Greek want? Athens want? They want to learn something new every time. Variety If you have bread and omelette every day, oh, when is this dosa coming? And thank God for our dosa batter maker. <laughs> I love dosa. Sorry, please. When I came back from Canada, in the first place I visited Swati Tiffins. Sambar, masala dosa, and that aloo curry in that in that onion. Kya baat hai? Heaven. That that crunchy feeling on your on your on your mouth, boy. We hate the discipline of constancy, my dear brothers. We don't like it, constancy. We not we like variety. That is the reason why even our clothes variety. What do you want in movies? Variety. So what are they doing? They know if they give you something all the same. Are already We already saw it. Something new. New character. New plot. New sin. Show us please. The discipline of constancy is taught where? In the wilderness, my dear brothers. The discipline of simplicity, where is it taught? It is taught in the wilderness. Very important. What if you didn't get locusts and wild honey? Will you be like Samson? You find that honey even in the carcass of a dead lion. Will you go and eat it? No. At the discipline of abstinence, the discipline to say no. Where is it taught? In the wilderness. Hmm? And what else is taught in the wilderness? The discipline of humility. Where is it taught? In the, in the wilderness. Humility is a discipline. You know that constantly you have to. What is it? Fasting ka matlab kya hai? I am afflicting my soul with fasting ka matlab means I am humbling myself with fasting. So when Esther sends uh, clothes to Mordecai, oh, I heard my uncle is having uh, what? He's wearing sackcloth and ashes. Oh, what a shame. Let me send some designer clothes. From the palace. You know what he says? He sends back the clothes and he says, you know what? I am not putting on these things because I don't have money in my bank. You don't have, you have no idea what your people are going through. Afflict yourself. With what? With fasting. So you know what she says? She says, you know something? I will fast along with whom? Me and my? In other words, she went to the palace and she had some converts in the in the palace, by the way. She already has some converts in the palace who's going to fast and pray with her for three days. Afflicting. The discipline of fasting. Discipline of humility. The discipline of simplicity. The discipline of constancy. The discipline of, uh, discipline of abstinence. The discipline of humility. And the discipline of a hard life. That is exactly the reason why Paul tells Timothy, endure or what? 
Hardship as what? As discipline. Everything is given to you on a platter, you will become like Solomon. You have to choose it voluntarily, my dear brothers. And what is what did he wear? He wore camel's hair, leather belt, and he ate. That is the reason why you know what Peter says in First Peter chapter three: Let do not let your adornment be merely outward, the arranging of the hair. The word for adornment is your world. The word for adornment is cosmos. That's the reason why we get the word cosmetic from order out of chaos. Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. The incorruptible beauty of a meek, gentle and acquired spirit. Gentle and acquired spirit which in the sight of God is what? Precious. For in this manner, in former times, the holy men, women who trusted in God adorned themselves. How did they adorn themselves? Being, by being submissive to their own husbands, their own husbands, meaning of all the men that you, that you know in your life, you have in your life as a, as a woman or as a girl, there is a particular kind of respect that you have to show for your husband, that you don't show it for any other man. That's what it means. And so in other words, we have many relationships in the world, but there's a particular kind of honor that I have to show for Christ, that I show it for no other man. In other words, you understand? Mm-hmm. You went after me in the wilderness. So he tells in Matthew chapter 11, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? <laughs> A reed shaken in the wind? A man clothed in soft garments? Soft garments, no softness of your garment. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in where? King's houses. What did you see? A prophet? More than a prophet. You see. Wilderness. I'll tell you something. You want to learn doctrine? Honestly? I was thinking about it. One man of God says something very interesting. He says, every letter of Paul was written from the prison. In other words, he was subject to fasting. So what revelations he got, he got while fasting. Now when we read the word of God, nicely eat, sit, you think you'll understand the word of God? Sorry. To, for Moses to receive the Ten Commandments, he had to fast how many times? 40 days and 40 nights. Actually, he, he fasts 40 days and 40 nights three times in his life. 120 days of fasting to get five books. And we need revelation without affliction. Not possible. No revelation without affliction. That is my... <laughs> <laughs> copyright okay but freely i receive freely you can do so okay no problem no revelation without humility affliction means affliction of the soul okay why because the world is full of love stealers one john chapter 2 will say do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in them so you went so the, the lord remembers what first thing everybody say the kindness of your youth. Second, he remembers the, the the love of your espousals or your betrothal. Third, he remembers the way you followed hard after me. Where? Into the wilderness and into a land that was not sown. And fifth one, you were holy to me. You are holiness. In other words, you were set apart. You said, forsaking all, I follow you. I set apart for you. 
and for no other man. Not on sale. So, in other words, who had holiness of uh, holiness unto the Lord written on them? The priests, the high priests. In other words, you became my priest. <laughs> you became my priest. So what should the priest do? Let us see. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. You see how so many times God is reiterating you, I own you, I own you, I own you, I made you, I bought you, I made you, I bought you, I made you, I bought you, I own you twice over. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who brought you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. You became my priest and you proclaimed through your life, through your testimony as to what God did for you. You know who the, who the first priest is in the Bible, in the New Testament? The first priest. John chapter 4. <laughs> the woman then left her water pot. You Do you think this she's going to be a priest? No. Went her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did, could this be the Christ? He owns me now. He owns me. Does the Lord own you? Does he own you? Lord, I'm not for anybody else. I'm only for you. That is the reason why marriage is a mystery where you actually, you play it out in your life where you're saying to your husband and wife, you're saying, you know what? Nobody owns you. You own me. That's the reason why he says, great mystery, mega mystery. There are two mysteries in the Bible which are called mega mysteries. One is a mystery of godliness. And then the second is a mystery of marriage. That means the mystery of marriage is the mystery of godliness. <laughs> Understand that. Two mega mysteries. Godliness meaning what? Meaning what? I'm devoted, devoted to the Lord. He owns me. And then, all that devour you will offend. In other words, boss, if God is my boyfriend, in other words, can anybody touch me? Anybody can throw an eye on you? No way. No way, no way. Anybody touches me, touches you, touches the apple of my eye. Meaning, what a thought that is. Touch not my anointed. Why? In the wilderness. Touch not my anointed. You touch her, you touch me. That is the reason why he was telling Paul, 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 Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? You're touching my anointed. Oh, Lord, oh boy. I didn't know this. Touch my church. Touch me. That is the reason why the history will be judged based upon two things. How you dealt with the son of God and how you dealt with the church of God. And every place where the church was persecuted, you know what's going to happen to those, those, those nations? They will be wiped out from the history of the world. They will be wiped out. What you do to son and what you do to the church will determine where you go as a nation. All who devour me Devour him often. Disaster will come upon them. That is the reason why we have to be very careful when we speak against God's people. And particularly against God's servants. Very, very careful. 
God is not going to take those things lightly. Look at what Paul tells Timothy. He, this is his testimony, okay? Guy was persecuted, persecuted. You look at what he says. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 16. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord? You know, the Lord never deserted me. He never deserted me. He was always by my side. Because you know what? He... He owns me. That's what he says, whose I am, right? Remember what he says, the, the angel of the Lord whom I serve and whose I am. He came by me, stood by me. In other words, nobody can kill me before I finish the purpose in my life. Nobody can touch me. The, the devil can't touch me. Corona can't touch me. Nothing can touch me because there's a purpose for which God has created me and whoever touches me will offend and disaster will come upon them. It's a warning to all those people who think, who take lightly of the church of God because they, they look at the church and they say, this is powerless. They can do anything to the church. They, they think they're vulnerable, but they don't know, they don't know that they're playing with fire. You touch the church. You touch the apple of God's eye. You will do so at your own peril. Look at all the nations. Even mark those nations which are persecuting God's people. Mark those nations what, how God is going to judge them in the, in the last day. That is going to be a one heck of a judgment. Why? But the Lord stood by me, strengthened me, so that through me the message might be might be fully proclaimed to all the Gentiles, and, the, and all the Gentiles might hear. So I was rescued from the not one not one time. The Lord rescued from the me from the lions. More than he goes on to say, the Lord will continue to rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever. Amen. This is what we believed. So in other words, you cannot finish your purpose in your life before. I mean, God, you will not die before your time if you do the works of love. I shall not die but live and declare the works of God. And God will deliver me from every attack of the evil one. And all those who touch me will be offended. Every demonic force which is which is fashioned against me. You know, that's what he says. Every weapon that's fashioned against me, against me, what will what will do? You shall what? Condemn. Why? For this is the heritage of the children of the Lord for their vindication is from him. They have, he has called them righteous, not because they were righteous in themselves. He bought them. He made them. He bought them. He owns them. And everybody who touches them will touch the apple of God's eye. And therefore he tells Balaam, 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 I don't see any iniquity in Jacob. But the problem is, what iniquity do you see in me, Jacob? I don't see any iniquity in you. You sinless fellows, I mean, sorry, not sinful fellows. You are so sinful. When I saw you, I said, I don't, I don't see any iniquity in you. But what iniquity do you see in me? But you forsook me. You forsook me. The state of affairs. You know why? You come to this state of affairs. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Jeremiah chapter 2. Those who handle the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. And that's precisely the reason why you left your first love and you went away. The problem is, the false prophets are there. What about you? Oh, no, brother. Uh, you know something? Uh, we don't, in our church, they don't teach us the right things. So in your, your church, so blessed. But let me tell you something, what the, what the Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 5. 
has the nation nation chair sorry uh, this is jeremiah chapter 5 sorry uh, chapter 5 an astonishing chapter 5 verse 30 an astonishing and horrible thing has com- has been committed in the land the prophets prophesy falsely the priests rule by their own power and my people oh they love it that is the reason why he says the days will come and people will not be able to endure you know something it is so easy to preach to you i'm telling you it's a joy to preach to you if i go to another place sometimes i told justin you know sometimes i sometimes we went to a church where they invited us sometime back sometime back and i looked and i said justin what am i supposed to test speak to these guys what am i going to say it's so easy to preach to you i mean i can just let go because you've been taught the word you are blessed my dear brothers is little depth if i teach somewhere else tight they become it's as constipation only they have piles problem see we give you the whole food of god okay lot of fiber in the food hmm? so your ball movements will not be will not be compromised I'm sorry <laughs> Uh, the prophets fall prophesy falsely and the priests rule by their own power people love to have it so but what will be your end who do it people in the last days will not be able to endure sound doctrine why they want to have people who will itch their ears oh you know when you have a itching you are looking for somebody to scratch you I'm telling you, it just happened to me. I was with Pastor James during the Q and A, and suddenly I was getting scratching. You should see the struggle. And I was thinking, Lord, it's not going to. It's just going to go away, Lord. It's going to go away. It's not going to go, and it's not going. It's only increasing. And the scratches, the and the scratches, it's increasing its surface area, all through my back, no. Generally, I be like Balu. You know what Balu does, right? Goes to the tree and does this. No, so the, I was I was wanting Sammy to put the focus on pastor so that I can do this. And <laughs> you see, and what is going to happen in the people in the last days? Oh, they have itching ears. Please scratch my back. Oh, it's so nice. Nicely, they'll scratch you, scratch you, scratch you. Take you to hell and put it there. Now there will be an eternal scratch. What is going to happen? nothing's going to satisfy that scratch have mercy so my people have what itching ears oh you're so good so good so good so good so good hell finished over so my dear brothers push your love This is the benediction for today. <laughs> May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. And God remembers. He remembers you. The kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, the way you went after me in the land that was not sown. into the wilderness you were holiness to the lord and all who touched you 
are offended. You will never finish this life on earth without finishing your purpose. All things will work together for the good. Of those who love God. And there should be, therefore you should be taught to love God. So this morning, we are here, we can stand, all of us, and we can pray. And God can direct our hearts to this morning to his love. Say, Lord, maybe in your own in your own homes. No, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I really encourage brothers and sisters who are watching from home. Be dressed on Sunday morning. Take a shower. Put on your best attire, and sit before your computer. Don't sit casually, especially on a Sunday morning, because you're not coming to listen to me, Baba. <laughs> what am I? I'm nothing. I'm just a voice in the wilderness. Hopefully, I qualify for that. If you want, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to put the, yeah, if you're feeling the heat. So I'll just put it on. So, this morning, I, I would tell you, well, encourage you all, who are, who are staying from looking, or watching from home, don't take these things lightly. That's what Paul says, no? J- be joined together with us in spirit. Then you will get the Complete benefit. Because you know what? How beautiful and pleasant it is for the brothers to dwell together in unity and in harmony. Why? It is like the anointing. You want anointing in your life? It is anointing flowing from the head of Aaron through his beard and through entire body. There the Lord has what? Commanded his blessing and even life forevermore. The problem is... The last days will be like a bunch of virgins who have no oil. You know why they don't have oil? Simply because when the oil was being given to them on Sunday mornings on churches, they are never joined together them, themselves together with the Lord. And they don't have oil. They don't have oil. And the bride come, bridegroom comes and is gone. And they are going to go outside to buy oil. Who is selling that oil? Who is selling that oil? Think about that. There are charlatans everywhere. Masquerading as prophets of God, false apostles. I don't know what anointing they are selling. Is it the anointing of the devil? Because he says, you know, he is the anointed cherub. Brothers and sisters, let us be very careful. Pursue love. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to praise you. Jesus, you are such an awesome God. Behold, what manner of love the Father has shed abroad in our lives that we should be called the children of God. Father, yesterday we heard, we exult in tribulations because tribulations produces perseverance. Perseverance produces proven character and proven character produces hope and that hope will not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And it's only when we go through tribulations and when we perceive through tribulations and when we have proven character, we have hope and therefore we'll be, we, have, we would have learned the authentic love of God. We are shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I pray Lord Jesus that all of us who are being taught on all these days under the anointing of the word of God, enable us to submit and surrender ourselves to the anointing so that we can gather in our vessel sufficient oil which will keep us in good stead because the days of your coming are near. We need that oil, O Lord. We need that oil. Let us not be like those virgins who are foolish, who never had any oil. 
Let us have full of oil. And let lamps, let us be, let them be continually burning. Thank you, Father. Burn our hearts this morning. Fuel our hearts. Stir our hearts to love and to good works. And we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We thank you, Father, for our church. We thank you, Father, for all those who are in the body of Christ who are joined together. I pray, Lord, your blessing will be upon every one of them, O Lord Jesus. Lord, you would direct the hearts of every one of our people who are listening and who will listen in the days to come to the love of God and to the steadfastness and to the patience of Christ Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us and prepare us continually for the day of His coming. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.